Anyway, Ball Hooked Podcast, episode five. We're back, baby. Let's go. Yeah. We got a lot of things to talk about today. We sure do. And uh, it's going to be it's gonna be a hoot here because we got some pretty... I'm sure these topics are on people's minds going into the new the new season, I guess. The, the, the peak of the season, I yeah. guess you'll call it. Yeah, a lot of places like uh, growing up in Pennsylvania, like right now, all I'm thinking about is trout season, trout opener, and all the stocked water is about to happen. So there's a lot of, you know, fair weather fishermen that are getting ramped up. They're starting to get warm a little yeah. bit. The snow's starting to melt. Starting to maybe see a little runoff here and there, you know, a little ice off in some of those high mountain lakes. High mountain lakes in Pennsylvania? No, not in Pennsylvania. Okay. Here, no, 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 no. no. Yeah. There ain't no, no, like out in Pennsylvania, it's just like, oh, all of the, uh, the stock trot streams right now is like what I would be getting excited about whenever, if I was still living there. Hell yeah. Yeah. Them trucks are dumping, gang. I'm sure the trucks are dumping in our listener states. Yeah. <laughs> You guys are getting hyped on that, I hope. Yeah, hopefully those stocking trucks remember James's episode. He's got all the sauce. Don't forget to go listen yeah. to him talk about that. They're switching up their their drop zones now. <laughs> yeah, so um, was it this weekend? Was it this weekend that we went? We went to that special thing? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I guess to kind of go into it here, uh, we had the opportunity to go uh, to F3T, and it was a comped ticket for our whole crew um basically and i reached out to them to see if they would be willing to comp some tickets for us to basically kind of shout them out on the podcast and kind of give our honest opinions of the show and the the films that they got in it this year um so big shout out to them they that was truly awesome and um i've just i'm a huge fan of the event itself i think it's really good i think every year is hit or miss like there's some films that do really well in my brain and then there's some films that i'm just like that was not worth it but (laughs) and and full disclosure this is completely our opinions you guys should still go to the show form your own opinions maybe you know take a little bit of what we said maybe challenge us on it maybe you agree with us we don't really we're just we're just the people's podcast man we're just here to say what we believe and what we think and what is probably on the minds of a lot of people so if we get right into it, look, we, I'm going to be honest, let's, I'm going to give it an overall rating, just like of all the films, like just as a collection, it's probably going to get right around a six out of 10, but individual films, I'm going to obviously give better and higher or higher and lower ratings. There were just a few this year to me that just really buoyed down the actual, what, what it could have been. It could have been a 10 out of 10 if a couple of those films were omitted. Yeah, it's just um, I guess not to not to go off the rails here on a on a different subject. It's a related subject. I just I know a lot of like fly fishing cinematographers and people that do a real good job at um, making videos. And there are some companies out there that absolutely kill it and don't get selected. And it's hard to understand why or if and it's you know, sometimes you don't know if they're even submitting. So but um, I guess just to kind of go into it, yeah, I'd, I'd give my synopsis of it probably maybe around like a 6.5 out of 10, 6 out of 10. I was, I was engaged um, for the most part in a lot of the films. And another full disclosure here, we're not going to spoil it for anyone here. I, I actually let F3T know that that's not the intent. And uh, just because the tour is still going on, like Jeremy said, you should definitely still go watch it. Um, 
However, uh, I can't. I think we can say what our favorites were, mm-hmm. and I think you and I are kind of on the same page. Uh, shout out Captain Jack Productions, Yako. Yeah, his film was easily my favorite film, and I, this is biased of me. This is because I, I look up a lot to Yako. I really enjoy his photography and his film, and and Oliver. All, let's not forget about Oliver. Oliver's a great yep. guy too. I mean. You can't like their story in this four of a kind film is really good, and they presented it well. They do some great cinematography and things like that. And I thought it it sucks because I was looking up to the rest of the film, being like, "Okay, who's gonna beat this?" And I don't know if that's a spoiler, but there was no one to me at the end of the day that beat this film. Yeah, it's it's unique in its own way, and I think. It's cool to see like the direction of fly fishing and like you get to see it on a big screen like that and kind of what inspires people and just the just the things that not the average trout angler would think of that are going on around the world. And I think Yako does a sick job at capturing all that. And um, yeah, it, it was really good. And, and I mean, not to not to spoil it, but it's I think I don't know if it's going to be the opener for every tour, but it's the opener for tour. So it sets the bar high. For the rest of the films. Yeah, it does. And then going into our next one, Waiting for Change. Uh, I don't know what you want to say about this, but I, I can say a little bit more about it due to a, a, a couple factors that we were kind of born with here. Uh, I'm going to say this. I, I understand the concept and I respect it. I think the idea of it, I respect. I, I definitely agree that the that that side of fly fishing, you know, um, is portraying a side that doesn't get talked about a lot. And I'm not trying to be vague about it. I'm only just being vague because I don't want to spoil it for anyone. But um, I will say just a little underwhelming um, of a film, unfortunately. Yeah. I think it's a good story, but... Yeah, I think it's a really good story. I just don't think it was framed well whatsoever. Like, I like I like the story. Like, if you take it, like, from a skeleton level, like, at the core, what it is... Yeah. I thought it was okay, but really everything else just did not did not work for me. It didn't bake in. It didn't didn't make me feel any certain type of way. Like I felt like it was trying to draw an emotional response for me. And as a minority in this film being centric on that, I didn't really feel related to it at all. And I mean, I'm all for kind of what this film is like aspiring to be. It just did not hit for me whatsoever. It it was probably up until the my least favorite, very least favorite film, this one was the one that just didn't work for me at all, and I I, I didn't really see the purpose of it being there. Yeah, uh, I'm assuming you're talking about the belt buckle. Yeah, we'll get to that one though. We got oh, one more in before we got oh, one more before that. Okay, we got more. one more for that. What, what was that? So one? this one, I want to talk about this one a little bit. This is after you've gone. This oh, is the Fly the, Lords, the Fly Lords, the, the Fly Lords film. Yeah. Anyone who knows me knows I am not a fan of Fly Lords, but damn, this film was fucking good it was good i was i saw fly i saw it was it's shot by fly lords and it has me like oh man this is gonna be because their film last year sucked i don't know if you remember that one it was one of the most forgettable films i was it was like the it was the arctic char in iceland or something like that and they caught like two oh man yeah I'm trying to draw a blank. I'm drawing a blank on you see, that. It one. wasn't even that entertaining. But this one, man, holy cow! The main character in this one, awesome character. The the story, great. Like 
this per the person in this film, she is a badass. Yeah. Like a certified badass. Five Lords did a really, really good job of capturing that on film and then making it interesting. If I would tell you, I'll, I'll be straight up honest. If Four of a Kind wasn't in there, that would have been my favorite film. Yeah. Easily. Easily. Yeah, I think, uh, man, props again to the camera work, though, on some of the Fly Lord stuff. Like, I got to say, like, that one, I got to hand it to who who shot that film. And they they showed the name, and I I, I didn't pay I attention to it. I think it was Max it. Erickson that did it. I can't remember. Dude, it was, like, that opening, the opening shot. Like, this isn't a cinematography podcast, but I'm just that kind of nerd when it comes to it. Like, man, that guy's got some skill, and, like, he he's definitely got a creative eye. So, right. Just yeah. to go there on that one. Yeah, no, I, I was really impressed with that one. And and it uh, had decent fish in it. It had some pretty cool fish in it. Yeah. Dude. It had some and pretty cool I fish think in it. The story of it just was very captivating. Yeah. It's kind of like a leaves you kind of on the edge of your seat. Yeah. That one no, nah, I wouldn't say edge of my seat, but that one definitely tug at my tug at my heartstrings a little uh, for mo- sure. way more than any other film did. I only said edge of the seat is just because you weren't sure like at like, Oh yeah, the, I know what part you're gonna, talking about. Yeah, how they were gonna yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. We don't want to go any further. We're split. Okay. Yeah. On to the next one. So this is the one, bro. This is the one, man. I'll let you talk on it first. The belt buckle. All right. So I'm a firm believer in that if you put your content out there, if you're a creator and you put your content out there, it happens to us. It happened to me. I had I come from the music industry, so I had some success with that, and I got roasted hard. So um, this isn't to hurt anyone's feelings, but man the belt buckle like i give you all a d plus and um here's why i think your video was shot very well again cinematography on point the execution of it was a snooze fest and it did not keep me engaged like it was very uh like i understood what you were trying to do but it was insanely underwhelming at the end of the day i think you guys are australian correct me if i'm wrong they're australian yeah Dude, you guys have such better fishing other than the minuscule trout fishing that you do have in that country. I know a few people that fish that on Instagram and talk to them here and there. And it, like, I could have think you guys could have picked a better fish to target considering you're in one of the most like craziest places in the entire world to do this kind of thing, this belt buckle challenge thing that you were trying to per- portray. Not trying to be arrogant, but that could have been done way better, and it just it snoozed me away. That film made me wish I didn't go to film tour this year. That film, that is, however long that was, I can't get that time back. And time is valuable to me. That was a waste of my fucking time. Like, that film was so bad. Like, Nothing about it was entertaining. Like, I'm not a cinematography nerd or anything like that, so I can't speak on this. But from a pure entertainment, like, aspect or a view of it, it was bad, dude. And yeah. from a fly fishing perspective, it was bad, too. Like, I'm going to just say it. I don't know. The narration in it is absolutely horrendous. Like, it is so, I don't know. It's so stupid. Like, I, I don't even know. Like, shut up for a little bit. Yeah, just shut up. Let the let the film speak for itself. Let the fish and the beauty of where you're at speak for itself a little bit in the film, instead of having some voice over it, like a voiceover on it. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. Like I, I was so, 
I was kind of excited for it at first because I was like, oh, this is cool. It's some young kids are coming up. They're challenging each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like the story is a cool idea. The belt buckle is a cool idea. But God, the film was awful. I just, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was a cool idea. I just wouldn't have executed it on your most underlooked fishery. Yeah. In the country. And, and, yeah. and full disclosure, I put this on Purist like the day after we went to it and yeah. said it was fucking terrible. You want to know what about 40 people also DM'd me? It was fucking terrible. And that, that, that to me speaks volumes. <clears throat> a lot of people didn't like Waiting for Change 2 for a variety of different reasons, but I'm going to write them off for a few reasons other just the fact that they're not they don't sit they don't they can't see that kind of the aisle yeah. clearly and i totally get it you know uh different strokes for different folks kind of deal um fly fishing wise but like i had so many people say like this film was terrible and then so many people reach out and say i only watched the trailer and it was bad and i was like that that's all really that's all you have to say like it's it's sad because like i'm sure filmmakers here they worked really hard and they did all this work but it was like just terrible. Like I, I don't even know like how to explain it. Like I, I see why F3T picked it, but I can't see why those people made it. If that makes sense. Yeah, there. All these films have their own identity, I guess. Um, and I think y'all should go and just be the judge of your own. There's some people that'll probably fucking love the belt buckle. Like, yeah, cool. More power to you if you do. Um. I just, uh, it didn't sit with me well, and um, it's not meant to hurt anyone's feelings, but that's the way it goes when you're when you're a creator. You put out your content, and some people are going to have opinions on it, and that's my opinion. Yeah. So. Um, but that being said, we'll go ahead and move on to the next one. Like that, I mean, I think we've said enough about it. Yeah. But uh, anyway, if you, I should also mention, if you agree or disagree with anything we say, like feel free to reach out. Like I'm more than happy to listen to have my mind changed as to why anything was Absolutely. either a terrible film or why it was a good film. Anyway, Steve's red. This was the one with wildfly productions. Humor <sighs> wasn't hitting for me. A little cringe. Hobo. Steve is like a cool character. I do like him in the wildfly videos. Um, and Adam, I like his cooking. I don't necessarily like their fishing per se, because we've, we've seen kind of some stuff what they've done in Idaho. And we're just like, that's crazy. I kind of, you know, and I will say that um, I think they have good chemistry. I think yeah. that you can tell they've been friends for a while, and like it, it's a it was a funny film. Like I thought it was pretty funny, like in a way. But um, yeah, it not super into it really. Like I wasn't like oh wow. Like I wasn't just captivated, and I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm looking for a certain thing when I go to things like these. So yeah. But I, I was it entertaining in the humor sense for sure. And um, me in general, like I think Wildfly does some great stuff. I don't really associate them. I, I mean, I, you can't associate them with Wildfly. They're in a lot of his videos. But um, I like that they're kind of branching out into their own thing. I mean, they've been doing it for a minute. The the yeah. fly, Blue Line Flyco, and so I think them doing films on their own with together like is a really good idea. Um, yeah, just. The, some of them have done some stuff and some some questionable things in Idaho. Nothing bad, but just like just being a local just here dangerous. For, so, for so long. Like, yeah, I know some of the rivers they were fishing in the past and doing things they, that I feel like as a local, I would have never done. <laughs> so, yeah, and I yeah. mean, I mean, I have my own gripes with Wildfly and things like that. I didn't think this film was nearly as good. The only thing that I thought was absolutely hilarious was the fact of 
what they're going around in uh fishing fishing out of which i thought was hilarious yeah and i'll just I don't cla- want to spoil that but i'll just clarify it wasn't like a it, it's actually not a wild fly film so someone yeah. else shot it and um i can't remember the name but yeah it was good good cinema work too yeah so. yeah it was it was like a like a like a b a b for me like a b minus you know yeah kind of deal. i was entertained humor wise but yeah. fit, like like i said i go to these things like i'm looking for the the things that are just wooing me as far as like straight I guess I don't want to say like fish porn, but like kind of. Oh, like, I'm looking for fish porn when I'm there. Dude. Yeah, like I'm looking just for something that's just like intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, need a fly fishing action film. The next film, kind of intense. Cape York. Yeah, it was jo- cool. Josh Hutchinson or Hutchins? Was it the tarpon one? No, this was uh, Dave McCoy from Oregon and Josh Hutchins of Aussie Fly Fisher. They were doing the I think it was a Grand Slam. Oh um, yeah, that was Australia. cool. And Dave McCoy, I have a lot of respect for Dave McCoy. I mean, I've known his name forever. I've never met him. I've never talked to him. But this film made me really, really like, he seems like a really, both of these guys in this film seem very relatable and two guys I would like to fish with at some point, like just as friends, Mm -hmm. you know? And I thought the film was shot really well. Ozzy Fly Fisher always does a really good job of producing videos and things like that. So I'm, I was, this was easily like my number three film. Like it was just right below Yako and Filord's films. And I thought it was really good. I was I was I was pretty impressed. It was enter- very entertaining. Was there two tarpid ones after back to back after that? I yeah, can't remember. Yeah, uh, not back to back, but yeah. Okay, well, there were those ones were awesome. I don't yeah. remember them, and I, not that I was tuning out at that point. I was kind of tired. Yeah, like, I was tired too. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, yeah. But no, I, I Cape yeah. York, great one. Hi- highly recommend watching that one all the way through and paying attention to that one. It's really cool. On to the next one, Bleed Water. This is Harrison Anglers in Vermont or Connecticut or something like that. Yo, this this was kind of boring. I won't lie. When, I don't think it like I don't think it was boring. I just um, it's I'm gonna go back to the wildfly thing where they're floating. Not gonna say the river, but the river that is definitely a walkway river. It no one ever floats it because it's dangerous. Okay, and I can I can clarify this before I'm going to stop you. I've heard that you can float this river. That specific spot in the film never gets floated; it gets portaged. So, like, they're just doing it for film, from what I understand. I mean, that, yeah. I could be wrong. Are you talking about the Vermont one or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The wildfly, like, who cares about them in the past? Anyway, but oh, oh, so, sorry. Okay, but yeah, like, I just uh, I look at that and I'm like, dude, like that that definitely builds their rowing skills. Yeah. Like, so I see the benefit in learning how to navigate stuff like that. I just am like, holy crap. It's like a really yeah. cool story when they talk about like pollution and stuff like that. But like the fact is the it's just not entertaining. Yeah. I I think the history of, I, uh, the history of that river is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. in that area is cool. I've always wanted yeah. to go to Vermont, but um, I thought, I thought it was decent. It was cool. It was, I think it, Um, I just, I guess the big question in my head was why? Yeah, you know, I, like, I didn't understand why either. Why why this was why would you take a raft down this yeah. like six foot section? Well, I mean, they made they six made a wide. good explanation for it in the film why they're doing it, but Maybe it, that, but that particular shot that you're talking about, yeah, I'm like just portage it, dude. Yeah, just portage. Get the raft. Out. Why would you? Why would you? This it's all you're for just, film. Yeah, uh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I forget that's some that's kind of the point sometimes. Yeah. So, so third from last, the holy well. Not gonna lie, I don't really remember anything about this film. I yeah. think this is the one with like all the guys were like, oh, we all go like once a year and stuff like that. 
And it was like some tarpon and oh take- no, the guide was really cool. The guide was really cool. That's all I remember. But I don't remember anything else. I'm not all gonna right. lie. Next, I mean, Next. <laughs> I'm gonna, towards I mean, the end, all I just remember was tarpon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. C- Cache of gold. Do you remember this one? No. I remember this one, dude. I, because it was so boring. Again, uh, very small fish. Gold. You can assume what it is. Oh, it it's was in, the freaking. It's in California. Yeah. The yeah, yeah. golden yeah. trout in California is boring, bro. This the, one boring. Mm-hmm. I don't know who they, why they picked this one, but. It was boring. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm a. It's high, cool. It's cool. I'm a high mountain. Oh, I, I. Well, I'm a high mountain lakes kind of person for sure. Like I like that kind of stuff. But man, F3T. Like I could. I could give you six other films that were way more exciting than that. Yeah. Like not me personally, but like that's just some people yeah. I know. Like yeah. And then yeah, the last one was Sabalo, I believe is how you say it, and that's the one in Cuba with the tarpon. Oh yeah, that, that one was, was cool. That fish porn, dude. Yeah, that one. Um, t- and tarpon fishing, me personally, is something I've always wanted to freaking go do. Like, I get every single year. Like, I get to get this bug that just wants me to research a little more and go. So those films, like, definitely resurface that bug for me. And it's just cool, man. It's just like a you're just kind of in awe watching those fish just crush stuff. Dude, and those guys are killing it too. Like they're yeah. out there just smoking on yeah. this video. Like it's straight fish pun. Like I, I don't, that's not spoiling it. It's just saying I, it's sick. I could be wrong. I think I recognized the guy in it and I think he had a film in it last year or they did one last year. No, no. Last year was one where they were trying to get a yellowfin tuna or something on a fly. I can't remember. But I think that was the same guy. I could be dead wrong. Yeah. I could be dead wrong, but mm-hmm. it was the same. It was the same guy, and they they absolutely flopped and failed. <laughs> like, but well, but no, it was a really. Yeah. I thought though, like again, like the films that I that I liked were bangers. Yes, but the ones that were like not even like they weren't even average. You almost got to put. I mean, I'm not even trying to be biased because I I can't be biased. I don't know him that well, but but it was shot very well. Was I mean to put Yako's film first? Like that just set the bar really high. Yeah, like put that shit at the end. Yeah, let, let, yeah, <laughs> it was bad, dude. Like yeah. the I like it was shot so well and done well that it was you like can, I was like I was excited after. That. I was like definitely oh. tell there was like some filler films. Yeah, like in between, and then like they. That tarpon one at the end, though, that was a good way to end it, like, yeah. for sure. But the, you just set the bar super high right out the gate. Like, yeah. I mean, maybe that's what they wanted. Who knows? That's maybe what that's they were true. Going for. Yeah. Everyone gets pumped up. Like, yeah. and that's the kind of point of these shows. And, like, you know, everyone is just getting hyped. And one of these topics, what we're going to talk about, kind of, like, I think, kind of touches on the film festivals and, like, their popularity in the past couple of years. Yeah. This year's film festival was packed compared to sold last out year. sold out it sold out yeah yeah it was packed last year it was like you could buy tickets at the door there weren't that many people oh and shout out you know i should say this film tour keep hosting in the egyptian that is one of the sickest theaters yep in boise the acoustics are good it looks good and everything like that please keep doing it there and never change that because i don't care if it's sold out i'll pay 30 bucks to go sit in the egyptian to watch the film tour every year i bet I don't it care. i bet it was a scheduling issue but i think some people here in boise would agree that you need to go back to doing two nights yeah well, who cares yeah to me I, it, it should take lot. off work bro yeah it sold out pretty quick yeah but uh, i thought it was dude it was i i mean i love that venue the guys put on a good show they had a lot better uh giveaway stuff than they did last year 
I will say that too. It used to be you used to get so much free stuff there you couldn't walk away without it. Fuck no. Actually, no. You just brought back something actually. The fucking Sims, come on. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> you guys are cheaping out, man. Vista Outdoors. Is that a Vista Outdoors move? Yeah. Because yeah, what is this? That is They true. were giving away. All right, who wants to win this special Dry Creek bag? Bruh. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> That shit was, I was fucking rolling on that one. Like that, Sims, that's the worst bag that you guys have. Absolutely. By far. The wor- the cheapest one too, I think. It's yeah. the, well, it is the cheapest one. So it's like, why not give out a free stone like or something? Like it's, it, those are, I mean, they're hundred, well, they went up in price. They're like 140 or $160 now, but they're, um, that's a, that's a decent bag to get out. You can shell out 140 bucks. Yeah, they, I mean, they got it produced for $12 probably, so who knows? Seriously, dude. It's just funny. Dude, you it's could really tell the funny. person that won it was like yeah. walking up like, all right, I already own a doper bag than this. Yeah. So I'll give it to my kid. Oh, Facebook Marketplace, that hoe. Yeah, bro. But um, other than that, yeah, other other than that one, the, uh, the other ones were pretty good. All right, cool. F3T, go see it. Thanks for having us. Um, be can't, back next year. Yeah, can't wait for next year. It's it's a really cool gig. I re- really encourage that they keep putting stuff like that on. Just uh, man, pick some better films, please. <laughs> we'll we'll submit one next year. Yeah, it, it probably won't probably won't get picked. <laughs> yeah, because we just talk shit. Yeah, yeah. I we, think we should submit a spoof or something. Yeah, uh, I think that would be fun if you actually submit like a good spoof of one of them. Not even a spoof, just like a straight comedy, like dumbassery film. Yeah, that would be funny. But you actually catch fish in it. Yeah. Yeah. Huge fly fisherman should just do like a full on film, dude. We should ask him if we could do one for him. We should. I would, I would put in a ton of effort to that, Ben, if you're watching. (laughs) Uh, I think we could do a really good job. Uh, Okay. FYI, we were, we're going to move on from that topic. And which one do you want to go into next? You want to go into this, the saucy one we have, or you want to go into the the Lent one, man? You're going to have to explain that. I think the Lent one. I think I like the Lent one. So. I had this idea. Everyone, everyone's talking about Lent and you know what they're giving up. Like I'm giving up chocolate. I'm giving whatever. I'm not religious. You're not religious. People still give it up even if they're not religious and things like that. Are they fast and everything? Um, what is Luke? What is the one thing you would give up for Lent that's fly fishing related? That me- because it has to mean a lot to you. It has to mean a lot. Oh no! It has to mean something. Like, it has I think to- you know the answer to that. I think I do too. Is it, is it your own thing? Man, that would suck to give up, dude. <laughs> uh, like everyone probably just lost all respect for me, but I did. That's my primary way of fishing. Like disgusting. So like I, I but I, I do it all. Like I take, I take two rods and you know, I've been really into the streamer game lately. That's been my, my go-to. I, and mind you, I haven't been fishing very long. Like I've been in this, fly fishing game for like three years now so ooh, yeah you're a three-year guy doing a podcast now huh yeah so uh, that automatically assume, makes uh makes me know everything yes so, yeah just so everyone knows that Do you know i am to, officially an expert now that i have a podcast on fly fishing you know how to tie a blood knot bro D- just learned no i'm just kidding uh, i don't know how to tie a blood knot. no when, when i got hired at a shop like i had to learn fucking fast bro like yeah and so i was surprised bro that i even had a chance to go work at a shop and mm-hmm. shout out shout out house of fly fly project for yeah. for taking your boy on and showing him stuff um uh, the uh 
So you give up your nymphing though, huh? I think I'd have to, bro. Yeah. And I could I could rip it, bro. Because what I would do is I'd just just long leader check nymph or something. Mm, yeah. It's only for 40 days. It's only for 40 days. For 40 days? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Are we uh, giving it up like in the summer and I can just... No, no, no. Like from here until for 40 days. You're yeah, but can I start in the summer? Yeah, yeah. You can start perfect Euro dog in yeah. the summer. Yeah, so yeah. I, I don't... Yeah, when there's... T- the summertime when there's a lot of top water action going on, that's a primary thing mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. I think... Or swinging I, soft hackles or something. Mine would also... It would be... I would have to pick between either nymphing just in general or dry flies. I'd have to give up one or the other because I get... But you said it's something you in, like that you enjoy. Well, like I enjoy lot. catching fish, which is nymphing, but I also enjoy watching a dry fly get blown up. So I'd so have to I'd, give up one up one or the other. That's be, hard. Be dry flies for you. I feel like if I had to pick for you, well, I since this, I have to give up your nymphing, I think because of this time of year, it would have to be nymphing because I do significantly more nymphing and catch a lot more big fish this time of year nymphing yeah. versus dry flies. And I think I could. I think that would be more of a fair comparable. Is like, oh, the joy of going out and catching forty fish versus. Like just getting one dry fly eat. Like I'd rather catch forty fish than one dry fly eat. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. So, but yeah, that 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 would be it. Like, I mean, I thought about some other things. Like a lot of people were like, "Oh, you should give up waders for Lent this time of year." Duh. Uh, I no, wouldn't have an I, issue. I just wouldn't fish, dude. <laughs> I won't fly fish. I don't know, man. For me, like, this is gonna sound funny, like. I would I would give up waders if I really had to. Um, I just have no feeling in my legs whatsoever. I don't know what's going on, but I mean, my buddy would even tell you, like when I first started fly fishing, like I like didn't like have money or didn't justify spending money on waders. So it's like February out, and I'm wet waiting in muck, muck boots. Oh yeah, <laughs> so I'm just like gross in dude. jeans and muck boots, man. And I'm fi- like in there's sections of the river. Where I'm like, well, I got across. I'm gonna get wet, so I might as well get get wet. And like, I think the best fi- advice I got going into fly fishing was like, don't worry, like you're gonna get wet regardless. So mm-hmm. even if you have waders on and the um, yeah, so that was me. So if I had to though, I did that for a long time, bro. Like I didn't own waders until I started working at a fly shop. Hmm. And I was wet wading like a motherfucker, man. Like it'd be like raining out in like 50 degrees and like <laughs> it's disgusting. Yeah. And I'm like, put, I'm, s- I'm putting on like my shorts and my muck boots. I can feel like, the flu hitting me already from here, dude. I need dude, my flu shot. Just hearing that. It was wild. I fucking love wet wading. And, uh, I wet wade one of our coldest tailwaters here. Yeah. You're crazy. And, uh, I, I mean, I don't do it right now because it's fucking balls cold in that Canyon, but when you when you when you know when you dip your nuts in that water in the summer, that's that doesn't have to that can't feel good. Yeah, they definitely retracted to my like stomach and above. Like <laughs> my nuts were in my lungs, so yeah, it was pretty bad because. Uh, and well, that was the first time I met you. Yeah, first time we fished together. Yeah, I was it, like, "What the fuck? Where are your waders?" Yeah, you're you're like, like, oh, I don't need them, <laughs> dude. It was a hundred and fucking eight degrees out there, so like. <laughs> I had just gotten off like a huge 10 day, like Montana trip too with my buddy Dan. And like all we did was wet wade. And like, I just, in the summertime, like I literally put them waders away. I fucking hate waders. Like waders suck ass. There's a few places where I do that, but not that river, that river in particular. I always wear them. Yeah. And I, that's the main place I fish. So, well, yeah. And Coeur d'Alene too, like the, freestones that we have we don't really have good tailwater selections actually besides one up north but 
I mean, like the Cordelian and the Joe, which like there's no reason that we can name those names because they're world famous fisheries now, I guess. And um, like they push pretty heavy temps on the lower river, lower section. And so like when I see people wearing waders out there, I'm like, oh, God, they're just cooking alive. Yeah. Like that's got to be uncomfortable. Yeah. So like for me, it's just easier just to take a swim bro like yeah that's true it is nice to like whenever i fish some of the, like the high mountain like when it's 100 degrees in boise and i go up someplace and it's like 85 you know the waders don't come out you know they just stay they just stay off dude imagine like it, there's some people here in boise man that like are wearing like full-on neoprene waders in the middle of the summer yeah in the I've middle of the summer bro and like it's like the cabela's duck waders too oh and I just want to go have a conversation and just be like, man, bro, like, you got a pair some, of chacos? Need some water? Yeah. Like, you all right? <laughs> but, Dude, speaking of that, sounds like 2023, we're going to have a lot of people who think they need waiters to fly fish based off what the news is saying. Yeah, bro. So this is a good segue. This is a great segue because I have been really wanting to talk about, talk about this article. And, um, this is an article by Angling Trade, and the title of it is fly, Five Reasons Why Fly Fishing Will Boom Again in 2023. And this, for some, we're already seeing this happening, and I have a lot to talk about on this. So this buckle in your seatbelts, people, because this is going to be crazy. So I guess to read the article... Not uh, verbatim, but you could just say like what the first point is. Yeah. You know? So the first point being like, so basically the article kind of goes over like the pandemic and how, you know, there were, you know, we saw a huge bump in fly fishing and I'm one of those people like 2020 circa late 2019, 2020 is when I started really considering getting into fly fishing and got into it. And, um, everyone had a lot of free time on their hands and everything was good. And like we saw, and uh, two other booms before that. I think one when the movie came out. The movie, yeah, Mr. Brad Pitt. But um, Robert Redford, brother. Oh yeah. So, but so now we're there was another boom there as well in between that stuff, or I think maybe even before that. I can't remember, but we're gonna have basically another boom here in 2023, according to this article, and it makes some really good points. And I think this is a good thing to talk about going into the season, um, going into the peak of the season. We're getting into spring, summer, which is top, top of the peak here. Like get ready to be combat fishing in your, in your popular tailwaters, freestones, whatever you fish, like just prepare yourself for that mentally. So I think this article will give you a good idea yeah. on how to prepare. So, so like the first, the first thing they talk about in this article is the snowpack this year has been really good. Rocky Sierra's. Here in uh, Boise, I think we're pretty good, too. Our reservoirs are very full. So the fishing is going to be good this year, supposedly. I mean, I, I, I'm i going to be honest. We haven't had a good water year in Boise in so long. I forget what a good like what fishing in a good water year even means anymore. Um, but, yes, it does fish better here, generally speaking, here out of Boise, whenever the water's high. You can float more and things like that, too, mm-hmm. which is even more fun. The big thing is really, you know, it's going to encourage people to go out there because they're going to hear the fishing so hot. So those people who maybe the last couple of years, Oh, the water has been hot, you know, not a lot of water. There's a, you know, da, 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 hoot owl laws, things like that. Those might subside a little bit because, you know, with all this runoff, 
everyone's going to be like, oh, the fishing's hot here. You got to go, man. Like, what are you doing sitting on the couch? Like, why are you watching football or not football? Why are you watching baseball on a Sunday instead of being on the river kind of deal? Like that, that's what I suspect is going to happen. And I mean, I mean, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, Luke, it always here, especially in Boise, when the season first starts and it's like 80 to 90 degrees, there's always a ton of people out. But once you get to that midsummer grind, there ain't a soul out there in comparison. Interesting. No, I think it's the opposite of at least where I'm from. Like, um, the best times of the year, obviously, to fish are like early spring, late winter. No one's out. And uh, then come peak of the summer, like when you have the most dangerous trout temps, the entire rivers are just packed with people camping on the banks, fishing, just everybody and their grandma. And I'm not ragging on people for like wanting to recreate. That's the point of public lands and why we have all this and we need more stewards of the resource for sure like i want to go to touch on the snowpack thing here so we have really good snowpack here in idaho it's good the problem we had last year was we had very good snowpack at least where i'm up i'm from in idaho they uh we had the best snowpack we had had in like over six years or something of that nature. Like it was going to be really good, especially coming off the coattails of a severe 2021 low water situation. And that was pretty much going on everywhere, but, uh, we got affected pretty hard and we had a good snowpack last year. And then guess what happened? February just warmed up and we had an early melt like a pretty bad early melt. And then we had, it didn't necessarily ruin the fishing. We still had good runoff and everything like that. It, but just got, it probably just got hot really fast. Right? Well, it created or, a lot earlier. of very, very turbulent floods. Mm. So I guess we remember like the Yellowstone River yeah. flooding last summer. Similar situations in Coeur d'Alene, like not, not, nothing to that magnitude, but like the rivers were flooding, like flood warnings everywhere there. They almost evacuated certain towns on the CDA because the the uh, the water was getting so high. Yeah, and like it just was coming all at once, like it was really bad. So then an early melt. You know, everyone hears. This is my point being though. Everyone hears snowpack's going to be great. Fishing's going to be awesome this year. Okay, let's keep that same energy. Though praying for more snow because or praying that the weather stays cold and it gets warm when it's supposed to get warm because if we have an early melt like something it could be bad mm-hmm. you know and yeah it, that's yeah. just something to think it's, about going into it is a lot of people and then if we have an early melt and it all melts just way too soon and then the August you know July late July and August are the danger months for trout fishing you know then definitely those. yeah we're we're in a weird spot there yeah. with when it comes to trout fishing that's when you take up that carp that bass well here's the thing man that go to mexico and a lot of people too getting into fly fishing howdy howdy hello no you're fine no you're good this part will get cut yeah we already we already talked way. about this all right So basically what I mean uh, going into like uh, going into the season, everyone 
that initially gets into fly fishing, which if we're expecting another big boom, is they're going to go straight for trout. Oh, trout is king. Trout yeah. will always be king in fly fishing. I don't care what anyone says. Like, oh, tarpon's king. Yeah, it's the silver king, but it ain't. It ain't the. It's ain't. It's not where the money's at. Yeah, I think it's regional specific too. So, like, obvious if I lived in Florida and didn't travel mm-hmm. much, yeah. obviously I'd be like bonefish and tarpon are king. So, yeah. but um, so those people are gonna go to trout and like if the problem. I mean, I don't see. I I can't really say it's a problem just because I don't have all the facts on this, but. I mean, they're going to crowd and it's just, they're going to crowd during the dangerous temps and they're not really going to understand I, I don't it. think that, I think this article, and I'm going to be totally honest, when I read this article, I was like, oh yeah, 100% on most of this stuff. The more I've thought about it, they say this every year. They say this, oh, this is going to be the year that we see them all. But like, since COVID, like the second point in this, where it says, oh, the, the COVID shackles are gone. Like the COVID shackles have been gone since, for two years, basically, man. Yeah. Like. Like what are you what are you talking about? Like, yeah. <laughs> I think that is the dumbest the dumbest point. Like, and then the third point: companies are beefing up product lines. They do that every year. That's called business. Those yeah. two those two to me, those aren't even reasons. Well, yeah, and if you're in business to to you know you're not just gonna ex- expect that your repeat customers are gonna increase your profits. Like, not no, you're trying to get more people into the sport. Exactly. So yeah. like, to me, I I don't. Like going back to like, you know, kind of the snowpack thing. Yeah, it's going to suck if it melts early and whatnot and people don't know ethics and whatnot. But that happens every year. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see a huge increase. It, per, I, again, no science here. This is completely anecdotal. I don't think we're going to see a huge increase, man. Like we've already, nothing is going to do in my lifetime probably what COVID did to fly fishing. Um, I think we're going to see more so a steady increase. I don't think, to, I think this article. Th- I don't think it's going to be as drastic as they they make it seem. So, but I do think um I do think what's important is and I think the going back to F3T, like they do a good job of inspiring newer anglers to maybe go look at some different species to target or like look at other things to go do. Like trout is awesome. You should always fish for trout if you live somewhere where you have trout. Like it's just good. Like it's, it's the backbones of fly fishing really traditionally. And I think if, uh, but definitely there's carp, there's largemouth, there's smallmouth, there's pike, there's musky. Most of our North American fisheries have one of those fish. Like, right. yeah. And, and, and I think kind of the thing that the film tour did a really good job of highlighting is, and it always does a good job. There are destination trips you can do that are outside the United States that are crazy. And then you'll get to do it once in your life or maybe never. And I think that's okay to dream and things like that. And, it, and that's what the film tour is for. It, I think it just, I see it as like encouraging people to spread out. Yeah. Don't just crowd and congregate on no, your so local the, tailwaters. No, they should all stay on the local tailwaters and then don't go to anywhere where I want to fish. <laughs> yeah. And leave me alone. I think this is a great idea. Yeah, I would. Yeah, 100% actually. Yeah. No, so it's just like, it, like I'm getting into more like, carp and bass like like this summer is going to be a lot of doing smallmouth on the snake like especially when i feel like it's just too hot to go squeeze some brown trout and rainbows like i just uh yeah the smallmouth thing is really fun and i hope that more people are like i guess just open-minded to the fact that the trout fisheries and in general are sensitive like me and my buddy dan talk about this a lot where it's like 
in 20, 30 years, like we may not have trout anymore. Like maybe that's too soon, but like, I, I think since they're, they're kind of, they're, they're a boom, not a boom and bust, but they go up and down. And I think it's fine. I, I really don't, I, I think that's kind of a sensationalist idea right there, yeah. but I think we'll be fine. It's just, you know, trout will get pickier. There'll be less, less big ones potentially. Who knows? Like it doesn't, to me, I'm not, it doesn't worry me more people are getting into the sport whatsoever. I think no. it's a really good thing. And I don't think it's going to affect fishing the way, I mean, the way the studies come out and things like that, like catch and release and catch and keep fishing it does such little damage actually to the ecosystem. It I don't does. think it, I yeah. don't think it really matters at the end of the day, how many people fish. Now it's one thing if it looked like Pulaski on the Boise river every single day, and there's like a thousand dudes lined up shorter to shorter, that's different. But I really don't think, especially think about this too. When you were a new fisherman, did you go out and just bang up fish all the time? For sure. You did? Yeah, like, dude, You're I... fucking liar. No, like, dude, when I was, like, spin fishing and whatnot... And oh, I okay. I'm talking fly fishing here, specifically. When I first started fly fishing, I sucked, dude. I'd catch, like, one fish, and I'd be really happy. Oh, yeah. Okay, no. Yeah. Sorry. Fly fishing, like, it, it took a little while, so yeah. I didn't have anyone to show me. But right, I thought you were crazy, dude. I was like, man, this guy's catching a fish. Like, first... My first, dude, like, trip when I was, like, 10, I didn't know what I was doing. When someone showed me how to fish, like, a dry dropper, bro... I'm like, and I'm fishing like a big orange and tan stimulator, like pheasant tail underneath, just a classic little setup. And like, and, uh, I took that shit all the way into winter thinking it would work <laughs> <laughs> like, and like, it just, it's like two degrees out and I'm on a free stone of all. It just like, doesn't slap anymore. Dude. Nope. And it was, a, that was really dumb. Yeah. But, um, I, my point though, going back to like species, you know, spread out on the species is kind of like what I'm preaching here only because like trout definitely need advocates behind it. And they have the biggest advocates behind it. And I feel like a lot of other species get ignored. You know what I mean? So I feel like newer people that get into it, like we're going to spread out on all the species. You know what I, you know what I'm saying? I, I think I know what you're saying. Yeah. The thing is like, again, the, the problem with the the only problem here is trout is king. Everyone wants to catch a big trout. It is, right. it's silly. It really is. If you think about it deep down, you're like, oh, the only reason I want to fly fish is to catch trout. I'm like, why don't you want to catch a bass? Why don't you want to catch carp? Dude. Like, it, it is a silly notion, but it's like the, the elitist mentality of most fly fishermen is like, I only fish for trout. Like, okay, cool, whatever. And like those type of people, you just have to be like, hey, let, let them do what makes them happy. Right. You can only encourage them so much, but there are so many people out here like, oh, I would never catch a carp. That's disgusting. Like, eh, it is what it is. And I think like when people like at some point we'll see someone on a fly rod, catch one of those and be like, Oh, that looks really cool. I want to do it. Those are the people you got to target. It's the people, the people who only want to be trout bums. Like you're not going to ever change their minds in my opinion, man. Yeah, I hope so. Um, and that's a lot of younger kids for sure. Like I, I just think that like, you know, trout, trout gets so much attention in like, and going back to F3T, like they're, they do a good job of bringing attention to the other species because I feel like those other species need people to back them up too. Yeah. But like, a lot of those films are all trout centric. It's like, if we're talking about Lent too, you know, and it's like, you give up trout. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, hot take, hot take right there. So it's kind of one of those things that if you had to, like, what else would you go fish for? Like women at the bar. There you go. I'm single. I can say that. <laughs> I get rejected every time, but it's okay. That's fishing. It's not always catching, you know? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you say on Tinder? When That's what I say yeah. on Tinder and Hinge, dude. When we get unmatched, well, it's fishing. Can't catch, it's fishing. It ain't catching, fishing. bro. Um, 
The other two points on here, though, kind of lame. Guides are more conscious about sustainability. Okay. There's, you when, can't, have they, when have they haven't? Well, no. the other thing, too, is you can't measure that. That, that. That's the problem I have with this article. Is you can't, it's, it's, the statement is that something is going to increase, which is a measurable term. And then number four is guides are more, okay, where do you get that from? And then, that's the fifth, a generalized statement. Too. Yeah, and then That's, the fifth one, the fifth one is the fly fishing shows are bigger. Yeah, of course. Yeah, to I mean, be to be a guide, you kind of have to be conscious of sustainability in general too. I mean, there's like, some guides that aren't, but the, I guess that's true. But like, I I would say majority of them are, and like, I think it's part of like their outfitting culture to help the resource. And I just think that the, I think this is kind of like at the end of the day, I thought this article was really good. And I think it's kind of silly now that I think about it more. And now I've talked about it, I'm like, hmm. Like, they've got one good point in there, and I still don't know if it's really that good of a point. Are you talking about the snowpack one? Yeah, the snowpack. I think that, I don't. I think newer fly fishers don't understand snowpack. I didn't. Yeah, I, I didn't understand flows at all whenever I was younger, yeah, too. Yeah, so I, I, uh, think, I, think, I think what gets people into this sport is this, I think this last point right here is 100% it, because think about all the newer people nowadays, we're all on our phones. We all watch YouTube for 24 hours a day. Like, and we're all trying to find something to get obsessed about, especially with the world getting so crazy now. So like this point being like, it's already happening at the fly fishing shows. Like they're selling out. Like Denver was off the hook this year, according to this article. And like, in the quote unquote, it says like school kinds with pent up energy flooding out onto the playground for recess. The I bell that, just rang. I think that means like school kids. Yeah. So how is there a mistake in this article, dude? <laughs> yeah, I know. What the hell kind of article are we reading right now? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is this? I think I think though that that unfortunately is its its best point because everyone's on Instagram and if you've already like had an interest in fishing, your content is catered to you. So like Everyone's looking to get inspired about something. Time out. Time out. This is a whole podcast in itself, talking about content and why you're being fed what you are, like on fish and stuff like that. We could talk about hours on this, dude. I'll I'll pause that uh, that point. But what I'm I'm trying to drive my point into this last key area here on this article because I do think that the films and the um the films instagram and then just like even just watching people and like pictures and everything like that like it's just getting people inspired and like you know i'll say coming out of the coattails of covid like we've been out of it for a while but like people are trying to find something to latch on to and no you're right the, the outdoors like opened up people like covid opened up people that maybe sit inside a lot to go outside more and they had nothing to latch on to in this new environment that is the outdoors and then so people are picking up fishing, hunting, and a bunch of other things. And so I think fly fishing just had a big target target on its head because a lot of inspirational content was coming around that time and is still coming out to this day. And really, it's really focused on younger people. Like, dude, like the new generation of fly fishing is going to be really funny, man. Dude, I just, mean, some of the stuff you see on social media, you're just like, what is that? Like, no, ch- I, I feel like an old man. I feel like an old man now because I'm tw- I'm 27. I look at what 18 and 19 year olds are doing for fish pictures, and I sit there and I'm like, 
what is this zoomer shit dude i'm feeling uh, so freaking old nowadays check out this spectrum bro like fly fishing used to be like this like rich person only or like you know blue collar you know get be a good boy go out go fish go hunt and just you know it was such a blue collar activity and like now you got fucking chad and topher rolling up in the forerunner blasting little little uzi vert and like it's just fucking the most ha- like some crazy heinous aggressive music and then you know you got topwater tom down there like who's been fishing for 40 years and chad and topher get out and they're ripping streamers through and they're like fuck this fuck that fucking snagged up yeah and it's just like it's so funny because the culture of fly fishing is just so like it's kind of like a rock star life in a way now. Yeah, like, dude. Well, that's you know it's, that, it's I'm not gonna say the the I word. Everyone's drinking, doing yeah. the the younger people are drinking, doing drugs, and catching trout. And then like you got like I said, you got Topwater Tom who's been fishing for 40 years. And wait, he's, whoa, 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 wait a second. I think I think I, I think you're missing a point here. I think that the older generation was a little more secret about what they were doing while they were on the river. And now our, True. the younger generation is just like, we don't care anymore. Like, drugs are cool. Smoking weed's cool. Drinking on the river is cool. You know, it's not more like the old, like, oh, this flask of whiskey or whatever, take a little sip and put it back in. It's like, hey, how can I take this 30-pack to the fishing hole and carry it with me all day in the most <laughs> efficient way possible? That or, like, I don't think, like, Topwater Tom ever imagined, like, Topher over there would be holding a 26 brown trout high as fuck. What with a joint in his mouth. Yeah. Fish phoned out. Yeah, dude. Like that's the, the new world of fly fishing is very funny. Yeah. We'll see and, where it goes. dude. I mean, as the, this podcast goes on, we're going to look back on this conversation and we're going to say we're fucking idiots or, Oh my God, it got worse boys. Or it got better. Who knows? Maybe it's going to be cool. Maybe we're going to have like some TikTok trends for fly fishing. Seriously, bro. It was like, well, it's already going that way, man. Like a lot of people are like, I mean, Name it, show me an influencer over like 50 years old. Like, <laughs> they're, they're all like 16, 20 years old. They're like, all, a lot of them are our age. Yeah. I just find it funny, bro. Like, I just, I put myself in the shoes of like people who are traditionally been fly fishing for years and years and years. And then you got young bucks, like, you know, it's all peaceful and quiet out there. You just hear the sounds of the riffle, like, and then fucking Chad and Topher are just driving in the forerunner, like just some stupid drifting around the corner <laughs> going fifty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's just like it just ruins your whole experience for the guy that's been doing it forever. Who, who would you rather fish with, Chad and Topher or Topwater Tom? I would like to fish with both. Honestly, I think Topwater Tom would have some wisdom. I have a lot of Topwater Tom friends. I have a lot of Chad and Topher. You do, friends. yeah. But Chad and Topher. Let me say, Chad and Topher, bro. Like if I if I just want to have a good time, I'm going with Chad and Topher. If I want to learn and really, the only know, the only fly that they fish in is a sex dungeon, just because Kelly Gallup like relates to the new new kids for some reason. Yeah, Gallup and, and even, yeah, Gallup does relate to the new generation. It's just crazy. Yeah, good guess that one. Yeah. Speaking of guests, I think we we have some guests kind of lined up right now. I mean, I'm not want to spell anything, but there's some we got some names coming up, bro. We do. Uh, but with with all these names coming up, there's one name that's leaving us, which is very sad. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll go ahead and say it. I, unfortunately, Corey's not going to be able to uh, stay with the podcast. Um, we kind of all separated on terms. Basically, what happened was 
you know, we have a lot of creative minds here and directionally Corey wasn't going in the same way that he originally thought that we would. And we've kind of changed the game plan a little bit. And he's also moving to Colorado and there's like all of that logistical stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was some frustration from everyone because it was, you know, and we just decided at this point, like Corey best, like, you know, I've been Corey's friend for a long time or what feels like a long time. We're still friends. I wish nothing but the best for him. I hope, you know, he gets to make his own podcast one day and yeah. we'll help facilitate that if he ever needs it. And if he wants that help, but, and you never know, he might come back one day. Who knows? Yeah. I think, uh, I think just to piggyback off what Jeremy's saying, just, it's just less stressful for both parties. And, you know, Corey, he's, he's got a fisheries degree and he's got other things that he maybe potentially wants to do in the futures with that. And like things that we talk about on this podcast may, inhibit his ability to do that and we would never want to put him in a situation that would right absolutely destroy something big he's working on and so that's just not worth it to us and i know he understands that and um you know and uh continue to follow everything that he does if he does anything like continue to talk to him he's a very smart individual so yeah best of luck yeah we're gonna we're definitely losing a piece of the pie you know it, it sucks yeah. it's not it definitely was not the way i wanted this to go but no, it is what it is. Maybe we'll find a. Th- maybe we'll find someone else. Maybe we'll get James Garrison as our third. Maybe we'll get. I would say Cheyenne Orvis is our third. Yeah, I would say, man. Uh, Jeremy and I, we'll, we're no rush to get a third, but we are, we are scouting some talent. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, yeah. it's going to be hard to replace Corey. I'm. I have such a. High, I exactly. hold him in such high regard. I don't know if we'll ever get someone that I'll be able to replace Corey with. So, who knows? But right. cool. Yeah. I think uh, we're about we're about wrapped up in here, and um, this was a solo or not solo a duo uh, podcast today. So it's going to be a lot of that. Plus, we have some absolutely sick guests lined up, mm-hmm. like ab- absolutely top tier stuff. And I'm 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 amazed they even want to try and come on. Yeah. So, um, best of luck to y'all with your uh, with your early season game coming into spring here. So send us picks. Yeah. Give up something for fly fishing Lent. Let me know what you pick. Yeah. Let us know what you're going to pick for Lent. Yeah. Cool. Peace out, boys. Peace. Introducing Full Hope Podcast.